Hello friends and welcome to Slide Between the Pages with Beck and Amanda. Welcome friends to this week's episode of Slide Between the Pages. This week we are going to be reviewing the Sugar Lake series. Well, the first three books in the series, the fourth one will be coming out in July by Emily McIntyre. So the first book in the series is Beneath the Stars, which is a best friend's brother, second chance romance. Book two is Beneath the Stands, which is a best friend's brother, enemies to lovers. And book three is Beneath the Hood, uh, which is a forbidden romance and age gap romance. And I must say, all of these books are super angsty. So they've all got triggers. So make sure you read the trigger warnings first. So definitely 18 plus. I wouldn't be referring this to anybody under 18. Pretty much all the books that we review are 18 plus. (laughs) They're all 18 plus. (laughs) We've got the triggers we have is cheating, death, addiction, and as I said, super angsty. Now, a bit of an author overview. Emily is an author of painful, messy, beautiful romance. She doesn't like to box herself into one subgenre, but at the core of it all, her stories are soul deep love. A longtime songwriter and an avid reader, Emily has always had a passion for the written word. And when she's not writing, you can find her waiting on her long lost Hogwarts letter, chasing her crazy toddler or lost between the pages of a good book. I mean, relatable. <laughs> Other than the singing part, but I feel like, you know, I could give it a what go. What do you mean? I can totally I sing. Can totally I totally build out a tune in the shower and I sound amazing. I, d- I don't. I mean, I think I sound amazing, but <laughs> when people cringe ne- yeah, around look, you. I don't like to do it in front of other people because they put my vibe off. So. <laughs> I love doing it in the car and oh, then I've got no shame. No I shame. No I don't shame. care if there's somebody like in a car next to me watching. Like I'm belting out that tune for I, sure. I feel like I sound so good. So much better. The acoustics in a car. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And my kids get into it as well and I don't even no. care. I don't no. even care. No. All right, we digress. Sorry. <laughs> we do that often. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with Beneath the Stars, obviously the first book, Alina and Chase. So they meet when they're 11 years old. They have an instant kind of bond. So not so much an attraction at that point because obviously they're quite, well, Alina is 11, Chase is 13. So Chase and his sister Lily, they had a mother who was addicted to drugs. She abandoned them. They went through foster care. They had a pretty tough time. And then they eventually were taken in by a family who moved them to Sugar Lake, Tennessee, y'all. Stop. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. No, I really like it. to say y'all. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> I can't even right now. No, um, neither can I. <laughs> they move into um, houses or three houses up from Alina and Lily and Alina instantly form a relationship and then Chase is there as well. So it all kind of, their relationship kind of builds up and Chase is kind of like, yeah, you know, he as he starts to get older, he's developing feelings. He doesn't want to act on those feelings because she's younger than him and his best friends, his sister's best friend. Uh, and it's not until she goes on a date with the quarterback that he gets insanely jealous and isn't able to control his yeah himself anymore. I actually really love how this book starts off with them, how they first meet as kids, and yes. then it, builds it, it up. every couple of chapters, it, you know, they're a few years older. Yes. I really love that. I did love the way that was written. And sorry, and 
leading up to this point that she goes on to this date, Lily starts to act out as mm. well, I must say. So she starts to do some weird things. She starts to lie and um, sneak out and Alina su- suspects that she's taking drugs. And she, she starts hanging out with a, another group of friends as well. Yes, yeah, an yeah. older group. Yeah. yeah. And so, she's dating an older man. Yes. Yeah, so you really, you really get a bit of a story on Lily in this first one. She's quite absolutely. she's quite an important Yeah, character. absolutely she is, yeah. And so 16 years old, she goes on a date with the town quarterback, Chase is 18, and basically this is when he ends up confessing his his undying love to her and saying, <laughs> let's be together. I know, right? I know. But mind you, I must say, he's all like, oh, you know. Because he's 19, right? No, he's 18. She's oh, he's 16. 18, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's all like, look, and they start like making out and getting hot and heavy and he's all like, I don't want this to be your first, like your first time to be like this. And she's like, uh, I'm not a virgin. <laughs> Slams him down. I know. I was like, <laughs> awkward. Awkward. <laughs> uh, and he's like, oh, okay. My bad. Um, anyway, <laughs> missed that boat. Missed that boat. But still, he's like, look, I want our first time to be, you know, special. special. And, and uh, so begins the 10-year trek for when they first have sex. <laughs> I know. That's right. <laughs> I mean, Jesus. By the time Ooh, they have sex. It like, was real special. <laughs> it was real special. But anyway, so a whole heap of shit goes down, right? Because Lily finds out that they're together. She just loses her shit, which I don't think really has anything to do with them being together and more to do with the fact that she's already on a downward spiral. Right? I think so. I think, yeah, it's definitely, she's very selfish by this point. She's, she's very selfish. Everything yeah. is about her. Yeah. So, you know, that makes it hard for them. But then Chase moves away for college. They start dating long distance and Jackson and Alina at this point. So Jackson is another neighbor who we meet and Jackson and Chase become best friends. Uh, And so does Alina and Jackson initially until she starts going out with Chase. And then I think it becomes a little bit more like a forbidden relationship until Chase moves away. Yeah. I think he, he, he takes on this, Jax takes on this role when Chase goes away to college that, he's got to look after his best friend's girl while he's not there. But in the meantime, he's he's developing feelings for her. So, I mean, don't pussyfoot around it, okay? (laughs) He he falls for her and eventually his alliance becomes with her over Chase, really. You know what I really don't like, actually? Let's just talk about this. I don't like that she calls him teeth. I know it's not a very sexy nickname, is it? No, I'm like, dude, she's calling you teeth. She's not into you. I know. I know. She's just not into you. I know. Sorry. This is a friendship type thing. Then you have the other friend, Becca, which. Love Becca. um, I. And her sassy mouth. Yeah. I feel like I've said to you, if I was going to be a book character, I'd be Becca. Yep. I mean, it's not a far stretch, Becca. (laughs) (laughs) Well, her name is Rebecca. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. So anyway, uh, Jax becomes this, you know, chaperone. Oh, yeah. I was going <laughs> to yeah, say, that's well, right. chaperoning. Cocklock. I, well, mean... I mean, he's that as well. Um, but he's chaperoning her to see uh, Chase. Meanwhile, <laughs> this little bitch, Lindsay, is slowly festering her way into Chase's life. She wants to be with him. She's manipulative. And she's just kind of slowly trying to wedge her way in there. And then we have the huge episode where Chase comes home and Lily overdoses. And... Uh, he finds her in this basically disgusting drug house, pretty much dead. They take her to the hospital and then she runs away. So at this point, 
Chase has been abandoned by his mom. He's abandoned by his sister. And he basically just starts pushing Alina away, right? Because he thinks, nah, I've got to, you know, anybody I love just leaves me. So, you know, he starts pushing her away. And then Lindsay pops up with her drug issue. And he's like, I'm going to play hero and starts yeah, kind of like an a... emotional relationship with mm. her. He's got a real hero complex. Real hero complex. Mm. Oh, so am I playing footsie with you? You are. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> Um, anyway, so it all boils down to this one day when everybody's meant to be coming to see a concert that Alina's little, you know, dancers are performing in. Chase is meant to come down. He falls asleep like dirty little Lindsay sneaks into his bed like a creeper and snaps a photo of them together in bed and puts it on Facebook and then turns his phone off. And Alina's mother is killed in a car accident at the exact same time. So it's just complete tragedy all around. So heartbreaking. I ugh, I was so sad. So sad. And because, and this, like, it's horrible, everything that's happened, but even more so because Chase, like, he's basically pushed away. Jax just says, get out. Like, you're not good enough for her. He loses his best friend. But in addition to that, Chase doesn't really realise that they still believe that he's cheated on Alina. He has he doesn't realise that he hasn't really set the record straight there. So this whole time that he leaves town, which is eight years, they've just thought that he's cheated on her. And so, you know, they haven't even given him a second thought. I mean, I'm sorry, but he did. Like in an he emotional cheated way. Her on, yeah, he cheated on her emotionally yeah. and she was the whole time she was telling him yes, about Lindsay and he was like, there's nothing wrong. Yeah. There's nothing wrong. I'm trying to help her, blah, blah. But after that this happens, he obviously realizes all of his flaws then. He starts to go to therapy. He starts to go to a family uh, support group for people who have been affected by drug drugs. Um, and he basically builds himself up in the construction space, right? Mm. Move forward eight years. He comes home to take over his adopted father's business who's retiring and Alina's here dealing with her alcoholic father who blames her for her mother's death and refuses to look at her because she looks like her mother. I know. Everyone just blames her I'm for everything. I'm so gutted about that. It's, it's so heartbreaking. It's the one thing in this whole story, like from this point forward, you realise all these people blame her for something. Her dad blames her for her mum dying. Yeah. Her brother is absent, Eli's absent because he's, he's going through his own shit yeah. and he kind of blames her for not reaching out yeah. to him. He blames her for because he thinks that she's being selfish and being overdramatic when it comes to her father. Then Jax blames her for not loving him back. <laughs> Jax blames her for not loving her back. Meanwhile, he's held on to this. This love. This I, I mean, that's a long dude, time crush, right? Dude, like, come on, dude. I know. Then I think then you've got... You've got Chase's parents that blame oh. her for running both of their oh children my God. out of well, town. Well, not Sam, but the mum. The, the, the yeah. dad doesn't so much. It's the mum. And he, he kind of does. I mean, Sam just kind of abandoned yeah. them, didn't he? He didn't yeah. really help yeah. or anything like that. The only one that doesn't blame her for anything is Becca. Mm. Chase doesn't blame her. <laughs> I mean, he realises he was in the wrong there. And I suppose um, that's the one thing. He does, like, the whole time. Yeah, he's really there for her, and he doesn't push. He just starts showing up and being there for her, like he's there. He wasn't there for eight years, obviously. She told him to fuck off. Yeah, but like, dude, fight for it. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know. But he even says that, like, I was young and immature, and I had no idea what I was doing. So then you've got Marissa. 
oh yeah the the girlfriend the just starts stalker. sexting him and showing up and yeah she was a bit crazy wasn't she we're broken up but here's a picture of my vagina what the hell know. jesus i mean Christ. have some tact love <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so i mean and then obviously we build up to the to the big sexual explosion i mean against firstly, the window Firstly, he eats her out against the window. I mean, in broad daylight. Jesus Christ. Okay. There for it. <laughs> totally there for it. Totally there. That's. I mean, that that scene's ingrained in my mind. Oh uh, yeah, I'm. I'm really taking that with me. Yeah. It's in the vault. And yeah, obviously, it all ends up. They work. Eli comes home randomly engaged that nobody knew about, and he's like, "Yeah, okay, I'm here to get married." And there's some weird shit going on with him and Becca. They go to Sam's retirement party. Him and Becca end up getting caught fucking in the back room. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, damn, because he was meant to be engaged at the time. Um, mm, yes. Yeah. And mm. I like her father has a complete meltdown, gets wasted, like abuses Sam and then goes home and has a hit and like run basically into a I family. Mean, I mean, I did see that coming. Yeah. I was like, he's totally going to. It was the point that yeah, needed to, yeah, it yeah. was his breaking point. Yeah. And she had finally stopped being his crutch basically she was mm. like i'm stopping doing this and eli's like cool so they pop him off to rehab finally he's gone off there um the dad yeah and you know so starts kind of the relationship between her and eli building back together and whatnot which we're gonna progress over yeah. to in the next book so book two beneath the stands so this is the story of Eli and Becca. Oh my god! And it starts when they're when Becca. So in the first book, she there's a bit where she leaves to go to college in Florida. She needs to get away from her family. So her dad's the preacher of this small town of in Sugar Lake, and she just feels like she's basically suffocating around them. So she goes off to college in florida and then she just so happened she's broke yeah she's yeah. broke and the only job that she can get is being the basketball manager yes the school <laughs> like the student manager yeah the, the student manager team. for the basketball team and eli is now just so happens to be the coach at the exact same time yeah assistant coach there he's had his injury he's gone on to coaching uh, and all of a sudden we're seeing a different perspective, right? Because you're seeing Eli's side of the story. You're seeing why Eli stayed away, stayed away. Mm -hmm. The heart, like heartbreak, the heartbreak. Well yeah. And, the, and then you actually see a totally, or for me, I had a totally different perspective of Alina from this point Yes, because everything he went through, like for, he felt like he had so much pressure to make it, you know, to the NBA and then to be this big star and you know the hero of the town basically and then he ha he suffers this massive injury in front of a national audience and yep. he his basketball career is is gone now and during that whole time no one was there for him so he's mm -hmm. had to suffer the loss of his mum and then he finally makes it makes it into the NBA, which has been his dream his whole life. It's taken away. And the two people that are left in his life, his dad and Alina, are not there for him. And they never, and you find out during the story, they never actually ask how he is no. or what he's doing. And also, Alina has no idea that he's 
even a coach like he's yeah. told her that i've got i'm going for an interview but she doesn't shouldn't even follow up on it yeah and so i get that she has her own shit but i was like you were being real selfish yeah i know it real was selfish it was horrible to see it yeah from the other side of things like it was yeah eye-opening yeah so you you get that whole 180 perspective on on the characters Yes, I did love that change in perspective. But I love the way that Eli and Becca's relationship build up, builds up. So obviously they, you know, start hooking up. Well, Becca has this perspective of Eli too, right? Because she's yes. like, well, Alina is my best friend yes. and you were not there for her. She's had to end up. But at this point, though, Becca doesn't realise that she's there's an issue with, the, with their still dad. Still didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, that Alina, like she just thought he wasn't like, dealing with to say yeah. hello or whatever yeah. yeah so yeah i she goes in real defensive but then her tune changes real quick too yeah once she sees his perspective i think once she sees him shirtless shooting hoops i think that's <laughs> when her perspective changes yeah the lust fogged her brain for sure <laughs> and then the hot you know club bathroom sex scene oh, where he's like stop. holding her by the throat and demanding she submits to him oh my god so i didn't picture him to be oh i loved it dominating yeah it was a nice surprise it was a nice surprise it's a nice surprise <laughs> and there theirs was like a real quick real real fast burn really intense, once they got passionate yes, love that and then all of a sudden because becca is so she's just had this perspective of which has come from her mother mm. on what you know men just basically so she catches just her father you. oh yeah when she she's catches, 11 yeah. she catches her father the preacher sleeping with like one of the fucking the the what, church yeah person, the church sally sally over his desk at the church um and so that breaks her but then yeah he, she sees her mum, this broken person always claiming that men are liars and mm. yeah built this whole thing up and basically says men will ruin your life. And it's the one moment in this book where I, I really, and I love Becca in all, all three of these books, but this was the one point where I was like, girl, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, girl. Don't it's not it, worth girl. it. It's not worth it. <laughs> like when she, when she just freaks out because he tells her that he loves her and then she just leaves. Oh, I was gutted. I was gutted when she left him and obviously nobody really knew about their relationship. They kept it under wraps because she was a student. He was a coach. She was ready to graduate. They were ready to go public. I know. Uh, and then, and then you know, like, her mum flies in is a total like, cow out. and she just was like flaked it. Yeah. Oh, totally oh. flaked it. Went back to town and just became this submissive little depressed girl basically. And so what I think we're looking at a period of 5 years I think. Yes, yeah. So she go she runs back to Sugar Lake to live her life in the church. Yeah. Um and then Eli comes back because engaged. engaged because his fiance Sarah all of a sudden wants to get married in Sugar Lake. Yeah, I know that was random. <laughs> And she was like, yeah, let's hire Becca. And Becca was all like, how dare you not consider my feelings, Eli? And he was all like, you left me, bitch, and you, I, I deserve answers. There was actually some really, like, I did highlight a few things, actually. There was a part when that when Eli and Sarah come to the church yeah, and he just 
goes on the attack and he base like he calls her a whore basically. Oh yeah, calls her. He calls town her the town bicycle, and I was like, <gasps> I know. Oh my god, that and then she just like goes back. drops the mic and is like, "Well, you're the broken hero of the town." Oh, dear. I was like, this is they were so horrible to each other. I, that was like. But that that scene for me was like the scene when when Eli's mum died. I was like, it just crushed my soul. I know. I know. And I'm like, why are they so mean? So mean. So it all builds up, right? Like they're slowly burning in each other's orbit again. Basically, like it's just coming to a you know crescendo between them. And Sarah and him realize, mm, okay, we've been living pretty like blandly together for like years i don't know why we're engaged we're pretty boring as a couple to be honest like yeah i was you know i, I wasn't there for sarah yeah, anyway and i was like so they amicably decide yeah look this has come to its end they go to sam's retirement party because for some reason she needs to go there to just keep even up the know facade. these people i don't know, i'm like just leave sarah no just one leave. knows you no one cares for so she you, goes sarah. there becca still thinks they're together but randomly they end up in the back room fucking anyway alina catches them and I know, and then it all comes to a head, right? Comes to a head, and then you know it progresses to them trying to actually figure it out. But I loved that they realized they both had to figure themselves out first. Yes, because because at they, one point they were both about to run away again. He was about to run back to Florida yeah. to get married, and she was going to run off to California to be with Jackson. <laughs> That's right. She's like, I'm leaving I'm again. Dead. Gone. <laughs> And then finally, actually, that's what was the trigger point for her. She finds out the whole thing between her mum and her father were, was a lie. Like the mum gets knocked up out of wedlock. Her father forces him to marry the dad and the mum resents the dad the whole time and just says, and you know, the, go yeah. screw whoever you want. And then the dad's like, I loved your mum. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still an asshole. So yeah, you're still you treating your, I know, you're still treating your daughter like shit. And so. she finally goes, like cuts that string. Yeah. And goes to therapy and all this type of stuff and they start building up to the point where they fuck underneath the um stands at the basketball court in the school oh, <laughs> oh i know my god i know oh and then what i loved the most was they just like put themselves together she just pulls up her pants and then they're like hello principal and just have a normal conversation like they weren't just rushing behind the stands i know it's like <laughs> what and he's like yeah okay cool now I'm the school basketball coach. She's the school therapist. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Loved it. I loved that it came together for them. Um, and also that they keep having sex in the school. Like, I think that's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I know, just fucking go home. I know. Like, he just like, they're sneaking into her office and just having sex. I'm like, damn, you guys are I risky. I'm like, I know. this is going to cause a massive scandal if this comes out. Yeah. <laughs> Then ending with she runs into Blakely. Blakely. So. Social media influencer. <laughs> and she's there asking for Jax. Jax. Our boy Jax. Our boy Jax. Which? With the man bun and the, and the teeth. <laughs> and the teeth. <laughs> Brings us to our third book, Beneath the Hood. Boom. Now, his book, though, I'm just trying to think timeline-wise. So his book starts. It pretty much starts. Uh, like it starts before Beneath the Stands because you build up to their relationship to the point where 
where beneath the stands is where you meet Blakely is basically when she's annoying him and stuff. No, no, where you, you meet Blakely when she comes to apologize to him after everything's already happened, the relationship yeah, and everything right. like that, right? So you're going back to the start essentially, like, well, not the you're start coming start. into yeah, you're coming into the middle of the bit of middle. Of so their Jackson is working in California. He restores old muscle cars, and it was his father's dream. It starts where this is where it starts where Jacks. Is in the- leaves town because he needs to distance himself from Elena. Elena. Yeah. And then he, yeah, so you've already kind of met Blakely. He refers to her as the annoying kid. Brat, yeah. The annoying brat. Of his boss. Of his boss that keeps annoying him. And then, um, yeah, and then you, I'm pretty sure it starts from when Jax is like, I'm going back to California. Yes. I need some space. 100%. Yeah. That's where he is, yeah. And so, yeah, Jax is dad was a marine he died of cancer when Jax was 16 um actually on his 16th birthday i know How horrible was which that? you don't find that out no you didn't later find that I was out like, i was like oh devastating good god um and at that point you yeah so you find that out and he is restoring these muscle cars it's always been his father's dream to restore the cars and have them shown in movies so he's working in hollywood with like a big hollywood director and Blakely is the director's daughter so she attends Donahue Motors where Jax is working and she's got a lot of issues she's just Mm. absolutely obsessed with calorie counting and exercising to the point where you know she's measuring herself and weighing herself three times a day she's constantly calling herself names if she puts anything into her body that has any ounce of fat oil butter whatever in it yeah, and so she's obsessed with that. And she surrounded herself with all of these people, like her glam team, her manager, all these type of people who are so fake, it's not funny. None of them have her best interests at heart. All of them are just wanting to piggyback on her hard work. And, you know, they're like, she's having panic attacks, she's having all these type of things, and they're all just like, oh, this is an episode, just get over it. Like, not addressing the issues that she's having. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess this is the point where her father, who's been very absent, <laughs> says to Jax, uh, can you start attending things with her and keeping an eye out for her just because I wanted to have someone real in her life? But he's 28, she's 19. Yeah, I'm there for it. I, need, I didn't mind it at all. Which is weird, right? I actually thought you were going to struggle with this because we've read books before yeah. and you have a real issue sometimes with an age gap. I don't mind an age gap. It depends upon the what. It depends upon the gap, right? The fact that I she mean, was, it's nine years. If she was eighteen, for some reason, I know this is what I mean. <laughs> this is what I mean. Like, so we read a book years ago. It was an MC romance, I think, where the where the guy was like late thirties and the girl was like twenty two, and she had a real issue. I'm like, I have different issues, but, but mind you, now that I am in my what would be considered <laughs> mid to late thirties, I don't find an issue with that. <laughs> I mean, I'm not old, so uh, yeah. So anyway, he starts hanging out. He starts seeing all these problems that she's having. He's dealt with similar problems with his father, who used to have like PTSD. Yeah, so you find, yeah, you find that out, and, and so he's very well versed in how to bring her back. Yeah, when and she's having these attacks. He's going through his own heartbreak. And so they kind of become each other's safe spaces, right? They're leaning on each other and slowly developing this relationship until ultimately, you know, they hook up. She's a virgin. She's also a virgin. Yeah. She's also a virgin. Yeah. 
And I mean, their first sex scene, their first sexual experience, which goes into sex because it's like quite an extended. No, I think he goes down on her for first. Oh yeah, he does. Yeah. But I mean, the first time they oh, actually the time they have, have sex, sex. Like four chapters worth. Oh, so hot. I was exhausted. I know it was exhausting, but I mean, damn, he's got some stamina. <laughs> I was there uh, for it. And yeah, I, I did love that. I was there for it. So <laughs> the biggest issue for me with this book was that it really made me not like Alina for a certain point of time. I mean, she redeems herself toward the end. But I was like, stop calling him. He's <laughs> trying to hook up right now. Uh, yeah, I was, I was gutted, though, that he just cut her out of his life completely like Jackson. So... Listen, quite frankly, she deserved to be cut out because she was literally, she knew that Jax had feelings for her and she she just... She didn't just become a complete bitch and say, fuck off, Jax, you've got feelings for me, let's not be friends. Is that what you're saying? No, but she let him on. <laughs> Did she? Because yes. I feel like there was a number of times where she specifically said, Jax... I can't do this. I'm not what you want me to be. I wish I could be, but yeah. you deserve and you better. Know what? You know what? When he left town, he said, listen, I need space. You don't just turn up unexpected. I mean, it was like three now, months or something away. No. And, and she, she was brought being Chase. a good friend. Yeah. No, she I wasn't. Know. And he needs to get over his issues with Chase, frankly. No. Frankly. No. He did. Mm -mm. Anyway. Zip it. Uh <laughs> My feelings are valid. Yeah. Okay, sure. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, all right. So she shows up and then obviously, like, Blakely goes into a massive downward spiral. Firstly, her and Alina meet. And I actually loved that because Alina was so accepting of their relationship and she were, really was his cheerleader when everybody else had been so negative about it. Like, she could see that he was in love with Blakely and she was just like look I support you you know but then Blakely's friggin bitch oh. of a friend well it's about time she supported someone because oh, let's go. just go back to beneath the stands here because she was upset that Becca and Eli didn't tell tell her about their relationship you know pause their girlfriend you didn't tell anyone that daddy had a drinking problem either oh okay you're so judgmental no I, I mean just, in no. beneath the stars you're all like Poor Alina, everybody hates her. Yeah, How come they keep piling on? Now you're all like, you should have told everybody your father was an alcoholic. How they didn't see it is beyond me. I know, I'm very, I'm very. Anyway, we digress, but I just wanted to point that out. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, with her lack of support. Yeah, right. Whatever. Okay, so the least, the least she could do was support Jax. Yeah, 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 cool. And Blakely. Yeah. So anyway, Blakely finally gets up the nerve. <laughs> this is what she does. She just dismisses me. <laughs> to confide in one of her friends who ends up turning around and telling her bitch of a manager, Sierra, about it. I mean, rookie area. I, I was like, don't you know? Tell don't tell her. Don't know. tell anybody. But it was meant to be her best friend who is also sleeping with Lennox, mind you, like <laughs> in secret. I know. And she's like, when Kayla, she's all judgy, like, ooh, Jax is old. I'm like. Lennox is older than Jackson. I know. For like five years. I'm like, hello, get also, down off your pedestal. Also, I would totally support a book about Lennox. I mean, he's I'm into that for oh, sure. Goodness. And, and Jeremy's, um, Becca's friend, Jeremy's oh, yeah. gay relationship. Love I, that. I want to hear more about great. his. He's, he's great. great. Mm. Yeah, okay. So 
she spirals downward hard, like she's crashing hard at this point. And Jax obviously strolls into the rescue again and he's fixing her up. And then he finally confronts her about her eating issues. And again, mm. she loses it only to go home and find out that her dad knows all about Jax and threatens to, you know. Which I will say it is, I actually related very much that when I felt there was a period in my life as well where I was so focused on exercising and eating. I had this goal in my mind and I became so obsessed with it. Mm. And I did used to get really upset when people were like, it, you know, just have <laughs> just have a, a glass of juice or it's not going to hurt you to have a little piece of chocolate. But, like, they don't they, – they think they're coming from a good place but not actually realising. They can't see your mindset at that yeah, point in time. Yeah, and yeah. I used to get really pissed off, like, that people – would say that. So I'm like, what are you judging me now? Are you judging me? Which so, surprises me because you're very blunt. So I'm surprised you didn't just say, what are you judging me now? I probably did. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't see you sitting <laughs> sitting quiet on the fence and just harboring it all inside like, oh, no, they're judging me. <laughs> I probably did. I was like, shut the fuck up. I'll like. I definitely would see you I'll throwing eat, down, please. <laughs> I'll eat my bland chicken breast and beans. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> yeah, I can't even stomach it now. No, I know. I know. <laughs> But look, I did. I did really feel for. It, it was really tough for me to read. I think because I, I actually related to that, and I was like, oh, yeah, it, it'd be a tough place to be because yeah, until you're ready to accept it yourself, that you know you might have an issue there. It doesn't matter what anybody else says; you'll just immediately go on the defensive. So yeah, but then this all just just comes to a head, and she runs out, all dramatic, notebook style, in the rain. <laughs> Jumps in a cab, which I'm like, girlfriend, why jump in a cab? They're going to extort you. Yeah, 100%. which is basically what they what did. Happens. And then she makes up that like horrible scenario. Oh, I was going for Jax at that point on live TV, and he sees it, and she's awful. She's awful. so horrible. And I loved that. I mean, she was doing it out of a place where she thought she was protecting Jax, but she didn't take him really into consideration at all because when he's gone to her father and her father's basically threatened him he's like look this is not worth it um you know she's worth more than this and he just ups and leaves everything spirals downward she her father finally realizes she's got major problems that he's just ignored and he actually starts being there for her and she goes off to rehab actually when you think about it all the parents in this book are pretty unsupportive there's a lot, there's a lot to be desired <laughs> when it comes like, to the parents I, yeah he was probably yeah i don't know like I, I could tolerate him a lot more actually compared to the others yeah like he he generally had a genuinely had a deep concern for his daughter through the whole book but he obviously being this he just hollywood her producer still. and whatever he's you know just yeah so focused on that but yeah when you think about it, all the parents in yeah so, uh, and also finally she fired Sierra because oh, she was the one that had leaked to the press about her and Jackson. What a cow. Yeah. Didn't bitch. like her. But anyway, she goes through some healing. He goes back to town, finally makes out with Jax, which I loved that scene. And we discuss it more when we chat with Emily at the end um, where him and Jax are on the back porch. Sorry, Chase and Jax. Chase and Jax are on, yeah, the, back on the back porch. Yeah, on the back porch, yeah. And, and then Chase is like, dude, you hurt me. You were like, you you just abandoned me and then you wanted to fuck my girlfriend. And I'm like, well, yeah, dude, because you like 
weren't there. And, and then Jax finally sees it from Chase's perspective as well. So a, a lot of these books. Are and they're great. like, cheers, best friends. I loved it. Loved it. <laughs> oh, I love that. But mind you, I find that we're, we're very similar to that in terms of not, not, I don't want, I, sorry, sorry. Just, just let me get this out. In terms of other female relationships that I've had with like, you know, friends and things like that. A lot of the times it's a lot harder to get past things that piss you off. Whereas I feel like we can both have these massive moods. I mean, we did before this podcast. Yeah. And we'll just call each other on it and be like, fuck you. And sometimes we'll ghost each other for like a day. Okay. No, 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 Don't you do no, this. no, 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 no. You ghosted me. You ghosted me. Okay. We're not getting into this. This is an argument that we don't want to spiral here. Anyway, what I'm saying is we can both be in moods. We can both ghost each other or whatever and then we just get over it and we're just like mm, that happened whereas I feel like I don't necessarily see that with other female relationships like there's it's not as accepting yeah bitches be crazy <laughs> I mean we're crazy too but I just feel like we're more accepting of the crazy and be like yeah yeah whatever it's a no judgment zone it's a no judgment that's, zone that's, that's what it is I think you should be allowed to express your emotions I feel like like when when Amanda rocked up today I was in a mood and there was no reason for it I just didn't want I just didn't want an adult today and I didn't want to I just wasn't here for the day and that's an she literally <laughs> and I pre-warned her she came out of the car I'm like first of all why are you dressed up secondly I'm in a mood and the fact that you're dressed up is really bothering me because I'm <laughs> just in my loungewear <laughs> and then I just continued on and the whole time she's just glaring at me with her hands on her hips. I'm like, oh, here we go. I was like, give it up, girl. Give it up. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Anyway, she she's over it now though. I feel like you're over it. I think I'm over it now. Yeah, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just needed a moment. Absolutely. Uh, Blakely gets out of rehab flies via private jet i was actually yeah i was really i was really happy that she you know that her dad was like i'm sorry that i got in the way of your relationship go for it go jump on the private jet babe you're feeling good off you go good get on there and go and then bam i was like yeah i'm there for it i just love them i know uh anyway so end scene on that book all of a sudden, Chase is like, hey, Jax, we're best friends again. Fly across mm. the country with me to go find my sister, who's estranged. And then, bam, Lily's got a son. Mm. So I can't know. wait for the next star. And it's been like a really, really slow burn into Lily's as well. Like, So she oh, plays a pretty yes. big part in the first book. And then she's mentioned the whole way, the through. Whole way through. And then you get to this point. I'm like, yes. So I really, I really loved how Emily wrote, kept, kept Lily Lily through the whole, the whole three books. So you actually don't ever forget. Mm -hmm. She's always there as a constant in all their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So very excited about that. Now keep listening for our interview with Emily. She's got um, a lot to say about the series and what she's got coming up next. So yeah. Hope you enjoy it. Bye. Bye. Welcome, guys. We're here this week with Emily McIntyre to talk the Sugar Lake series. So there's three books out in this series so far, and the fourth one is coming out in July. Welcome, Emily. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me. No worries. Um, Look, I must say, 
the way that we got onto your books was that we were drawn to the series after finding you on TikTok. <laughs> um, so we watched your TikToks and we were like, yeah, look, this seems like a person we would vibe with. So I'm sure we're going to love her books. Um, but, and obviously the quotes were like on point. But the thing that really got us was the one-star reviews that you put up. <laughs> they were my, I was like, Amanda, we really need to read this <laughs> I was like, those reviews are making oh me want God. to read these books so bad. <laughs> I am not even exaggerating. When I actually love those reviews because they sell my books so well. They just find me, my people. <laughs> and you know and when I read I do that too I go to the one-star reviews because that's what makes me one click so I was like I might as well throw them on some TikToks and just yes. find my kind of people absolutely yeah. love well that. I mean look the one-star reviews did not disappoint no oh. they didn't <laughs> I, I was like mm -hmm, mm -hmm, loving it I know we've been really hanging to start reading it so we had we had a list of books we had to get through but um yeah this was so exciting <laughs> What we really loved about the books, like they all contain characters that are really real, um, you know, and they're kind of facing these issues that, you know, the, the average person probably faces one of these issues along, you know, the, their lifetime. And um, we loved that it was like that and not kind of, you know. They had real problems. Yeah, yeah. real problems and things like that. So starting with Beneath the Stars, there's some truly heartbreaking moments in that book. Um We've got obviously got the death of her mother, the devastation that she believes Chase was cheating on her during this time when her mother is dying, and then her father's alcoholism and that he blames her for her mother's death. For you, was there a particular plot point in that book that was more difficult to write than the others? Hmm, that's a really good question. You know, I... I feel like all of the different parts were difficult in their own way. Um, her mom's death, Alina's mom's death, um, I think it's chapter 16, the funeral chapter is the, the chapter that I cried the most writing. I mean, sobbing while I was writing it. Um, so that one was really emotional for me. And then as a whole, the drug addiction, uh, because just personal in my personal life, I've had family members who have had addiction issues. I've had addiction issues. And so for me, it, I don't know if it was difficult to write, but it definitely was emotional. And I had to go to some really deep places yep. to kind of drag out the emotion and put it in the characters in a way that it would portray well to the reader. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine that, especially if it's based off personal experience. Yeah, I feel like when I I read that part in the book, I like my heart was actually hurting. And I, I messaged Amanda because she wasn't quite up to that point yet. And I was like, just brace yourself. It gets and I it takes a lot to really upset me in a book because I like the darkness and you know the realness of some of these problems. I was like, I really had to take a minute because I was like, oh my God, this it is was, tragic. It was so, it was so tragic. so sad right now. <laughs> well, that makes me really happy. I'm sorry for your pain, but it makes me really happy to hear that. <laughs> um, so we liked uh, how Chase and Lee's love story was messy and complicated and very real. Um, it was nice to see the journey they took to get to the point for their happily ever after as well. Did you always plan that they would not be together until towards the end of the book? Or is that just how... the story developed you know I actually don't really plot 
heavily before I write. I'm more of a, a pantser. So I, the characters really speak to me and I just kind of sit down and tell their story, almost like a movie in my head. So while I have, I do very in-depth character profiles beforehand. So before I even started Beneath the Stars, I did probably five, six pages worth of character profiles for each character, all of them, even the side characters. And then I sit down and I just kind of write whatever comes. So I did not know that they weren't going to be together until the end, until I got to that point. And sometimes I would write it a certain way and it just wouldn't feel right. So I'd go back and be like, no, they need to go through this. Uh, so no, I definitely did not have it planned. It's just, it, I, I almost call it method writing, kind of like method acting where you really become the character. I feel like I am the character when I'm writing from them. So I just kind of have to go with wherever they take me. For sure. I really liked that actually, like that they they went through their story before they kind of got to that point because I think it did it justice. Like, I don't think it would have done it justice for them if they would have just, you know, got back together as soon as he got back into town and, you know, didn't mm -hmm. go through all their other problems and, you know, that sort of stuff. Also, mm -hmm. thank you for the scene against the dance. <laughs> the window. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was on point. I really love that. <laughs> like here we go I think but with with Lee as well before we get on to the the second book I think um the one thing that I just felt so sorry for her that every single person in her life was blaming her for something yeah in that story as well I was like dude give the girl a break <laughs> yeah I know I was gutted for her I know <laughs> Yeah, that was actually a really big piece I wanted to do because the whole time I really did want to kind of have their lives, her and Chase's lives do a 180 where they almost switched roles yeah. where in the beginning he was struggling and having all these problems and then he really grew and kind of accepted himself and sh then she was regressing and I wanted that so that they could have the type of understanding with each other yeah. in order to have that healthy relationship at the end yeah absolutely so, yeah yes okay so beneath the stands the second book in the series um <laughs> now listen <laughs> okay so again thank you for the bathroom scene I am a real stickler for bathroom oh sex God, in a book so in hot. a show in a movie, it's just my thing. I don't know why. It's really weird. I'm there for it. Um, now, we are, obviously, we're really, we're big fans of hot bathroom sex scenes, but the one that <laughs> sticks in our mind is the scene from One Tree Hill between Nathan and Hayley. Um, now, are you are you a One Tree Hill fan at all? Is that sort of... <laughs> okay, listen, you know what's funny? Because I know that Chase Adams is a name in One Tree Hill, right? And I swear to you. Oh, I, I didn't even we draw didn't that. that. Yeah, and I didn't. I watched like a few episodes growing up, but it was never one of my shows. And so I had no idea. So no, is there, is there a scene like that in there? There's Maybe literally it's... the bathroom scene. Well, I mean, it's it doesn't have the dominance. It doesn't have the dominance, but that's oh. where we got our yes. love for it. I think. Yes. It was where our love for hot bathroom sex scenes grew from. <laughs> well, now I have to watch it. You do. You do. Sure. <laughs> I wish I could say I took inspiration from there, but 
No. Yeah, and I think just the, from the dirty recesses of my mind. He's a basketball player as well, and Nathan is a basketball player. Yes. And Haley's yeah. a girl, and like I was just like, oh my god, stop it! This. I is... mean, we we ship Haley and Nathan, so yeah, yeah we're there for it. Totally got the vibes. Yes, so we really got to see Eli's side of the story in this book. So, in the first book, you really kind of have a real anger towards Eli because of him staying away and all that Lee's going through and the fact that he hasn't been there for her. Mm. But then it jumps to his side of the book and you're seeing his perspective in that he's gone through this, he's had such an expectation on his shoulders and then he's had this life-altering injury in front of everybody and nobody was there for him. And, you know, you see why he doesn't want to go back to town to face that disappointment. Was it hard to adjust the perspective from Lee's perspective of what Eli was to his perspective of how she she was treating him no it was actually something I was really looking forward to doing because I knew that everybody who read Beneath the Stars was going to be so mad at Eli and I read one of my favorite things about writing is switching perspectives and making the reader see things from a different point of view kind of like oh well I didn't even think about that absolutely so his first chapter of Beneath the Stands was one of my favorite chapters to write because I was like, I'm just going to like smack him in the face. With that. <laughs> uh, so no, it actually was really effortless for me to dive into his head and show kind of the pieces that nobody had thought about up until that point. Yeah, I really liked it because yeah, and I think it applies to you know, everyday life as well. Like you can be so angry at a situation and not ever think about the other person's side of the situation. And so it does give, you know, perspective mm. on that. And then it really changes the perspective on Alina as well, because I was like, mm, mm-mm. <laughs> oh, this this is the point. There. Yeah. This is the point where I start not liking her. <laughs> I still liked her. No, she went she through so not. much as well. <laughs> the idea is that they've both been through so much. Yeah. yeah. Look, she's in a mood today. <laughs> she's in a mood today. So just don't worry. I really loved as well, like the the chemistry between Becca and Eli as well, like how snarky she was and so quick. So I was like, good. oh, I even said to Amanda, I was like, if I was going to be a character in a book, I would totally be Becca. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she was one of my favorite characters to write because of how witty she was and how quick she was with her tongue. I'm Loved yeah. it. Loved it. and Amanda's like you'd want to be a preacher's daughter I'm like well, not that <laughs> just the rest of it I think she's great so moving on to the third book so Beneath the Hood um, we imagine that there are a lot of people out there that suffer uh, like Blakely does in the world of social media putting on a show for people and then suffering the negative effects of publicity and trolls is this an issue that you particularly wanted to bring to light or did it just develop naturally um, when her character created in my head I wasn't sure at first whether she was going to be a social media influencer or not and then um, as the story in the entire series kind of kept cementing as I wrote it it was just in the back of my head um, that that was going to be her that this was her story to tell my thing with the Sugar Lake series is I really want to highlight different mental health aspects in each of the books and for me, I think the social media aspect is so relevant mm. to so many people. And so is the eating disorders and even the obsessive thoughts um, and the panic attacks. I just really wanted her 
to be kind of the most vulnerable and broken character to show that, you know, what you see in real life probably isn't what's real and show that perspective for people who maybe don't think about it on a daily basis. Yeah. I think this was actually the one book that, um, probably resonated the most with me personally because I've I've been there with the OCD with the the calories and mm-hmm. you know tracking that and the exercise and all of that so when I was reading that I could totally relate to what you know she was going through um, and even like the anxiety and everything like we can both relate to that so I think for for me it I'm not an influencer at all, but like <laughs> you know everything she was feeling is so relatable to so many people on different levels as well so mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like just um, not the like from a personal perspective, like she's obviously got the problem with all those people in her life that are just ignoring the problems that she's having because they seeing it. they don't well they see it but they want to get mm. the benefit out of her so they think well if we just you know gloss over this and pretend it's not an issue we just move on with our day and I think that the, like from a mental health perspective that's a very common issue not exactly in that scenario but in the scenario that a lot of times people might see what's going on but they don't speak up or they don't you know know how to deal with it as such so they just ignore it and then that person is suffering alone which is which is terrible mm-hmm. um, but also you know understandable because you know if you haven't been there yourself it's hard to understand how to deal with it Um, but honestly I was reading the part where she where she goes onto tv and she breaks Jackson's heart and then um even knowing why she did it and then the devastating scene with her father oh my god I was crying like I was (laughs) crying so much I was so devastated and I just could not put the book down at that point I'm like I need to read the end I need to find out what happens like when does this resolve so yeah it did definitely bring me in (laughs) yeah well again that makes me really happy to hear (laughs) (laughs) I was like Oh my goodness. Will this guy catch a break? Like, he just wants someone to love him. I know. I know. Uh, yeah. But I, I actually was uh, pretty happy that there was some resolution with his <clears throat> mum because the whole time through like the books, he's just idolizing her. But at the same time, he's not picking up the fact that <clears throat> he's really been a crutch for her the whole time. And she's never really been there for him because she's so lost, lost in her grief. And it's not until he mm. goes home in that moment where she realizes that you know he's had so much expectation on his shoulders and you know that and she puts sets him straight that he really gets kind of a bit of a break in his thought process yeah Yeah. speaking of jackson my favorite part parts now the first time they actually have sex that was like four or five chapters worth by the end of it i was exhausted i was like <laughs> oh my god this it was, was such crazy. a slow burn i had to make it worth it when we got to the part. <laughs> yeah i was like oh my gosh we're still going okay. this is amazing, <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> um so we do obviously love jackson he's so beautiful but so broken but one particular scene that i really loved was the Chase and Jackson scene on the back porch because it was so like, again, you're flipping the perspective. Yeah, you're flipping the perspective, but it was so very male as well because it was like, (laughs) you fucking hurt me. And he was like, you hurt me too. And they were like, okay. Men are so 
so like that. Like I wish women could be more like that because men are just like, look, yeah, okay, this is how I feel. And we are right now. We've got it out of the table. I love that. <laughs> I also love like through the course of the three books, like li- like a bit of Lily's story. Yeah you know progresses so can't, can't wait to read Lily's story yeah. so we Just still today. Oh, oh my god exclusive guys <laughs> <laughs> well we're all very excited so is it still like um aiming for July release on that one it is releasing July 6th the Perfect. cover and blurb will release on June 1st awesome. so yeah it's set to go oh my gosh so excited my editor this weekend and uh do you have do you have anything else planned following this series I do I do this of course Lily's book is the last in the main Sugar Lake series I do get asked a lot about some of the other side characters and uh like Jeremy and um in Beneath the Hood there are a couple characters that are in high demand yes Uh, And so I don't have anything solid planned for those, but I write those characters open-ended for that reason. So if I wanted to do spinoffs, that's there for me. Um, But I do have another series in the works already. I can't say much about it yet, but it is, they're complete standalones, not interconnected. Um, And that one, the first book will release late summer. So it will be coming out pretty shortly after and then I have another secret project that I really I'm just like not able to tell you guys anything (laughs) so there are a lot there's a lot to come um in the second half of the year oh very excited to hear about that well thank you for sharing all of this with us today and being here we very much love the series and obviously if you're listening you've also read it as well But we will catch up with you soon. Thank you, Emily. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye.